Hey, folks, I'm Tennessee Brando, and you're listening to If These Hills Could Talk. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. You know, I've said from day one that this here is an amateur podcast, and uh, this may be the most amateur episode I've ever recorded because I'm literally sitting out in my yard. Uh, it's just a really nice night. There's a beautiful full moon above my head. The temperature's perfect out here, good cigar smoking weather, and I said to myself, you know what? I'm just going to walk outside and talk to my listeners. Uh, I don't have no fancy recording equipment, don't have no speakers or microphones or nothing like that. I'm just sitting here talking into my phone. So uh, you may hear the crickets in the background. You may hear my dog, Boyd Crowder, go ape shit if my son's cat comes in the yard, but don't worry, he can't get to it. <clears throat> no animals will be harmed in the making of this episode. Um, you may hear a car go up the road, or you may hear me swat at a mosquito, light a cigar, crack open a beer. Hard telling because uh, it's just a good night to be outside, and I've got a five-day weekend ahead of me. Um, we've not been working Fridays lately. We've just been doing four 10-hour shifts Monday through Thursday, and I'm off on Fridays anyway. But I decided to cash in uh, two of my vacation days and take off Monday and Tuesday because um, Tuesday's my birthday, and I just didn't want to I didn't want to be in there on that day. You know, who wants to work on their birthday? And I just needed a break. I needed to get away from the place a little bit. It's kind of getting under my skin sometimes, so it's good to take a break. But uh, I've had a lot going on in the music world, uh, creating a lot of music and writing a lot of songs and getting the album closer and closer to being done. And, folks, we have made it up now to where I have 15 songs on what will be the first album from Tennessee Brando. This will be the first time that that moniker has made it onto a record, and I'm really excited about that. Um, so... Um, yeah, we've made it up to 15 songs. A lot of the songs that you've heard on uh, on uh, Twitter and TikTok and YouTube and all the platforms I'm sharing them on. And if you're following me on Patreon right now, you're getting to hear these songs as I'm recording them. I'm uh, putting up rough mixes of a lot of them and uh, putting up a lot of outtakes of us in the studio and everything like that. So uh, be sure to, if you've not checked out my Patreon yet, be sure to go over to it. And the easiest way, I always say this, the easiest way to find my stuff now, depending on which platform you're following me from, um... If you're following me on TikTok, I think it's on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, any of those, if you'll go to the bio, click on the link tree that's in my bio, then that link tree will take you to every social media platform I have, including my Patreon and including my merch store. So uh, go on over there and uh, check it out. And for five bucks a month right now, you can have uh, behind the scenes uh, footage of us in the studio, writing songs, uh, other bits of me sitting out here, you know. A lot of times uh, what will end up on Patreon is simply when uh, I talk on here for an hour to you guys, and then when it's over, I say, oh, shit, I should have said that. That's usually what ends up on my Patreon, uh, along with, you know, you may get to see me adding some baritone guitar to a to a recording or may hear, uh, get to see me play some 12-string or whatever. Uh, the fun part about recording this album is we mostly did it live. Uh, with very few overdubs, but we did, you know, overdub some guitar solos or some electric 12-string on one and did some baritone guitar on another and, you know, just had a really good time. I've really enjoyed recording this album more so than I have in a long time, and I always I always enjoy recording, but I really finally got to do it like how I always wanted to, which is just straight up, you know, just get in the studio and bang them out, you know. Don't spend a whole lot of time. You know, like my album Dark Side of the Mountain took almost a year to make, uh, and I've had some drag on for a year, year and a half that I was making them, you know. And then sometimes by the time you get to the end of it, you've already kind of lost a lot of the fire that you had for some of the songs in the beginning. But with this, man, these songs were topical and on point and right there in my face. And uh, I just jumped in the studio and recorded them. I was writing them and putting them on Twitter one day and in the studio recording them the next. And uh, it came out really good. Um, talking a little bit about that for you guys. And I'm going to light my cigar here because I do believe there are some gnats out here starting to get under my skin. Um, 
talking about some of the songs, um, you know, a lot of the songs are what you've heard on uh, all the platforms. All the songs have been right. And a lot of them are funny, you know, satirical type songs. But I did uh, write some more serious natured songs for this album because I felt like it needed it. You know, I didn't want it to be all satire and comedy. I did want there to be some thought-provoking lyrics. And so, you know, uh, got some that I'm really proud of the way they turned out. Um, so I'm, I'm anxious to hear you guys uh, see, uh, to have you guys hear them. So, uh, yeah, like I said, just get on over to my Patreon, and uh, you can be hearing these songs as I'm putting them out, as I'm writing them. Um, I'm, I'm looking, hopefully, to have the album out within the next couple of weeks because I'm going back to the studio tomorrow to finish up two songs, and then i got about two more to do. So I'm thinking, like, my session on Monday may finish up all the recording, and then uh, it'll just be down to mixing it and getting it out to you. So, uh also, just want to throw this out there for those of you that are listening. I don't know necessarily who might stumble across this podcast, but uh, me and the band is looking for shows. Uh, we're looking for places to play, and uh, I'll be honest with you, folks, that's not easy considering that we are in East Tennessee singing music that's calling out people like Donald Trump and <laughs> Elon Musk and Lindsey Graham and <laughs> all the Marjorie Taylor Greene and Travis Tritt and Kid Rock. It's kind of hard to get booked at Bob's Country Bunker when you bash Kid Rock. <laughs> that ain't no Hank Williams song. <laughs> so uh, we're, we're looking for gigs. We're looking for places to play. We're looking for places that are willing to let us do our act. And, uh, yeah, it's over-the-top political. Uh, a lot of people don't want to step in that these days. A lot of people don't want to, you know, even go near it. And I can understand why. Actually, I can't. I can't understand why, because I grew up on a steady diet of Bob Dylan, on a steady diet of John Lennon, on a steady diet of Neil Young, Merle Haggard, Ronnie Van Zant, uh, Johnny Cash, Chris Christopherson. I mean, I could sit here and name them all day long, but I grew up on a whole lot of people that um, that did believe in raising awareness on issues. So that's what we're that's what I'm attempting to do. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm writing a lot of satirical songs, poking fun at a lot of the stuff that I feel deserves to be ridiculed. And then... We are simply uh, trying to raise awareness on a lot of stuff that's going on in the world. And I just think, you know, I don't really feel... I had one comment or one troll say to me that I needed to get back to writing country songs about dirt roads and pickup trucks. I was like, buddy, I think we've had plenty of that. Besides, I think Jason Aldean has kind of cornered the market on that one. So I think he's got us covered. I, I think I'm pretty sure he'll write us another truck song or tractor song or buy him a boat or some shit. So don't worry about that. Those guys will have you covered. I am smoking a Valencia Connecticut cigar tonight, and these are really good. I, I I managed to get these in a really good deal. Got a sampler of them. Got one that's more of a Maduro, and this one here is a Connecticut, and they're really good cigars. So I'm getting it good and hot and toasted and ready to go. And we'll talk. Um, I really appreciate you guys for tuning in and sitting here with me. And I know that right now the podcast is very amateurish, and I'm not, I don't... Uh, Sometimes I don't even have a format. Well, I don't have a format. I, I don't. I just I just come up with ideas, things to talk about, and I just get on top of them. Uh, if we're breaking down a Bible story, I'll pull out my Bible and we'll break those down. But but other than that, I just try to uh, to just talk and and really it's just a stream of consciousness. And I'm a big fan of that. You know, um, I've always been a fan of the writers who wrote that way. And it just that's really the only way I've ever ever been able to write anything. Uh, I don't spend a whole lot of time editing and re-editing shit. What you hear is just what came out of my head. Um, I don't spend a whole lot of time uh, mulling over stuff. I think if you do it too long, um, you know, 
I only want a couple of takes in a studio because I think if you pound something too long, um, the life goes out of it. Uh, I like to catch something right when it's coming out of the oven, right when it's hot. You know, I used to cook in a donut shop, and I tell you what, I don't know how fast you've been able to get a good hot donut before, but if you're the cook, by God, you get it quick. <laughs> I mean, I can pull it right out of the grease and bam, it's mine. And uh, you get a good donut when it's fresh off the fresh out of the deep fryer, man. It is it is some good stuff. And same thing with songs. If you can get them right as they're coming out of the deep fryer, when everybody's excited and creative. But if you let them sit there for a while, they'll go stale. At least that's how I feel about it. But um, you know, I've, I've I have uh, I have talked a lot about you know the the number of of uh, traffic that I'm getting now on my social media, and I'm getting a lot of you know trolls, of course, getting a lot of hatred, and that I just look at that that hey, they're just boosting the algorithm and pushing us on out there. But I really want to say a special thanks to everyone, man. The messages just keep coming in, the positive messages, the people, you know, wishing me well. And, and I really appreciate those of you that reach out to me and, and tell me uh, things uh, to talk about and bring stuff to my attention and point out news stories I didn't catch. Um, I stay pretty busy. I try to stay on top of it, but I don't catch everything. And so um, I really appreciate it when uh, listeners and followers reach out and says, hey, have you heard about this or what's your thoughts on that? That always means a lot to me when you guys do that. And I had a listener reach out to me and uh, point out that uh, there was a school up in Ohio that uh, raffled off an AR-15. And I did go looking. I did search into the story some. I didn't just I didn't just believe it on point. Not that I thought the listener was was lying to me, but I definitely wanted to you know dig in and research it before I talked about it and come to find out it's something that's happened more often than not. Uh, it's actually more common than we realize. And I just thought, man, to myself, I thought, what a tasteless thing to do, you know, uh, to auction off an AR-15 in today's political climate. Right now, when we're having such a struggle with gun violence, to auction off an AR-15 at a school. I mean, if a kid, you know, if a kid up and, you know, died of a drug overdose, we're going to auction off heroin. If a kid gets killed by a drunk driver, we're going to auction off a fifth of Jack Daniels. I mean, I think it's one of the most tasteless things I've ever heard of in my life. And it's sad, but that's where we're at, folks, with this gun worship. These people worship their guns. And what you got to understand is guns is an industry into itself. Uh, and the gun manufacturers have to sell guns no different than Ford has to sell, sell trucks or, you know, Doritos has to sell chips. Or I mean, that, that, that it's a product, and they're selling it. And these NRA, uh, the NRA is, is funding these politicians to get out there and push it as hard as they can. And the way you push that is through fear. You know, I remember my grandmother told me a story back when she was younger. She had a used car salesman take advantage of her and tell her that, you know, uh, this car she wanted, they would never make a car like that again. He said, this is light. they're never going to make one of these again. This is it. You, you better get this now or it's gone. They ended up making that car for they're probably still making them to this day. They didn't stop making that car. But he told her that to con her out of her money. And so many people these days falls for shit like that. And, you know, they get told the Democrats are coming after your guns. I remember folks, as, as I mean, like I've said on this podcast many times, my family always talks politics, has ever since I was a kid. And that's a talking point that has been around since the 80s when I was a kid. And I'm sure if you're an older listener, older than me, listen to this, not calling you old, but I'm just saying, if you're somebody listening to this that's you know older than I am and can remember back further, I'm sure you can remember when they were saying the Democrats are coming for your guns. 
and this is a this is a tough subject to talk on because everybody gets so knee jerk about it, and I think both sides are guilty of getting knee jerk on this one. Um, I support the Second Amendment. I believe that people should have the right to protect themselves. Absolutely. However, I think the Second Amendment is something, it's one sentence that was written over 200 years ago, folks. And I think that it's time we take a look at it and we realize that, you know, when the Founding Fathers wrote that, you didn't have the kind of weaponry out there that you have today. And there's a whole lot of arguments that can be made, and I've made them in previous episodes. There's, there's arguments that can be made about what is a well-regulated militia. You know, there, there's so many arguments out there that could be made. But we've reached a point where these, these people are so fanatical about their guns and they're worshiping their guns and they're clinging to their guns so hard that it's hard to have any rational uh, conversation, especially when you're talking to people who are just batshit conspiracy theorists on everything. When someone has a conspiracy theory for every reasonable solution or idea that you have, it's very hard to make headway with those people. And... You know, there are a whole lot of reasonable people out there. I believe there are a whole lot of responsible gun owners who, if we sat down and had a conversation with them, they wouldn't have a problem with working together to fix the problem. Uh, but, you know, right now, what we're hearing more than ever is, is, is the fanatical people are being so loud. And they're being so loud because they're trying to muddy the water until the point that nothing ever gets accomplished. And that's, that's what we're facing these days with, with the gun violence, you know, they're, they're clinging so hard to their guns. I've said it before and I'll say it again. They worship their guns. They have put their guns above everything and responsible gun owners. I don't believe do that because my dad is a responsible gun owner. My dad is one of the best shots I've ever seen. Can shoot the wings off and fly at 50 paces. He's unreal. Raylan Givens ain't got shit on my dad. Uh, and dad's a progressive uh, and has been ever since, you know, he finally came out and admitted it, you know, when Clinton was president. But I really believe that responsible gun owners would be willing to sit down and have the conversation. But the NRA does not want them to have that conversation. They don't want those people talking. They want the fanatics talking, and they want the politicians constantly pushing this agenda that, you know, Democrats are coming for their guns. You better buy them while you can, and you better protect yourself from a tyrannical government. But this is the same party that's for banning books. This is the same party that is for stripping away women's rights. This is the same party that is stripping away uh, rights from the gay community and the trans community. Uh, so the whole idea that they're against people treading on them, don't tread on me, that's a bullshit flag and a bullshit uh, philosophy because they're treading harder than anybody and clinging to their guns and doing so. So as long as they're out there muddying the water, it's going to be a very difficult conversation to have. Um, now this may be a, a talking point that uh, may piss off a lot of people over on the left. But um, I'm afraid we've reached a point now, folks, where we can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. There are so many guns out there now, and these people are hoarding them like maniacs to the point now that I think it would be impossible. And I don't, I don't believe we should ban all guns. But even if we tried, it would be an impossible act to, to, to carry out. Can we make stricter laws going forward? Can we ban certain types of guns? Absolutely. Can we fix it? Yes, we can work together to fix it. With responsible gun owners who don't mind getting on the conversation, we can work to fix it. At the same time, we're going up against a level of batshit insanity like never before. And I really believe, you know, when I think about it, 
you know, these people were manipulated into trying to overturn an election, trying to overthrow their government, trying to hang the vice president. And these people are fed a constant diet that people on the left, progressives, are, you know, uh, baby killers and we're communists and we're socialists and we're trying to erase them from history and we're pedophiles and we're Satanists and we're everything under the sun. These people have painted us in the absolute worst of lights every which way they can. And that's what they have a steady diet of every day. You know, now we all are guilty of this. All of us as cell phones is designed to our likings. Uh, if you guys are getting a lot of liberal and progressive links in your cell phone, you know, that's, that's one thing. If you're getting a lot of ads from Guitar Center, that's another. Or if you're getting ads from Taco John's or Dick's Sporting Goods, that's something else. But these people, trust me, folks, are digesting every conspiracy theory they can think of. They're getting every right-wing rhetoric out there. And that right-wing, sorry, right-wing rhetoric, it's hard to say five times real fast, is taking such a strong hold that they're hoarding up to their guns. Now, if these people could be manipulated into trying to overthrow the government, hang the vice president, and they think all these terrible things about us, do you think they would actually, do you think it could be possible that they could be manipulated into turning on us? And if they were, do you think that would be reasonable? If someone tried to manipulate them into taking the aim at us, do you think they would be reasonable and say, oh, well, no, that's that's just our fellow liberal Americans that we disagree with, but we have every right to agree to disagree? Do you think they would? I have my doubts. And, that, I mean, I really do. And I and I, I could read you some of the hate mail and the comments I'm getting. I've, I've had death threats. I have. Uh, I've had uh, a lot of a lot of remarks made to me that could be construed as, as a death threat. You know, uh, people telling me I deserve to have one put in me and all these things, you know. And um, so I, I really def definitely believe that the hatred is up high enough that somebody could definitely do it. I wouldn't trust them at all. Uh, so I believe that as bad as I hate to say this, and I, I'm, not, I'm not advocating for more guns, but I'm saying I believe that all of us need to take care of ourselves and protect ourselves at all times. And uh, I think we need to educate ourselves on firearms and learn how to use them uh, because uh, we're in a batshit insane world when it comes to that, folks. We truly are. And uh, I don't know if, it'll, if it's going to, I mean, you know, I saw a video of my good friend Texas Paul. He was talking about how he made a video responding to, uh, to a shooting in Texas and sent it to his editor. And before it was done, there was already one happened in Florida. And before it was done, already one happened over here somewhere else. And he said, now I'm like on the third or fourth take trying to make a video reacting to these things, but they're happening so fast I can't react to them. Um, it's absolutely getting out of hand. And so uh, we're going to have to we're going to have to come together. And I, I really believe it's just going to, I mean, I would love to see a world where we could get back to just common sense, people sitting down and talking to each other. I'm all for hearing other ideas. I'm all for hearing opposing ideas. But like I said in the previous episode, you know, uh, there's not two sides to hatred and there's not two sides to treason and there's not two sides to these things. Um, I'm more than willing to sit down and, and hear reasonable people talk, but we just, we, we're not going to be able to have much more conversations with these MAGA Republicans. They've completely hijacked the party to where you can't have a reasonable. And, 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 you know, I saw Trey Crowder make a video, uh, the liberal redneck. and I loved it. Trey made an excellent point. He talked about how the Republicans thought, well, maybe we'll put Ron DeSantis out there. Maybe Ron DeSantis will be kind of a watered-down version, a less assholeish version of Donald Trump. But the problem is that kind of lunacy goes over with their base. 
They don't want somebody to be middle of the road or reasonable. They want, they don't want somebody they, they want somebody to be that over the top bully. That's what appeals to their base. So as long as that that brand of the Republican Party is out there, we're not going to be able to have a decent conversation with somebody. And it's going to take the Republicans throwing MAGA under the bus, and they won't do it. That's the biggest thing. I believe what could bring down MAGA faster than anything would be the Republican Party itself turning on it, but they can't because they have no new ideas, no new solutions. All they have is that base that they let, they allowed it to be created. They allowed this thing to be created, and they allowed this thing to get so far out of hand now that they're stuck with it. You know, the old saying, you broke it, you bought it. They they broke it, and now they have to pay for it. And uh, it's destroying them. This is not, folks. I'm, I've said this a thousand times, and I know somebody would fire back, oh, it's your granddaddy's Democrats either. Uh, more on that later. But um, no, this is not the Republican Party of our grandfathers. Hell, it's not even the Republican Party of George Bush. I mean, that, that, that that's I mean, it's not even the party of W anymore. It, 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 it's, I really believe... You could go back further. You definitely could go back to uh, uh, Spiro Agnew. I think you could probably go back that far at least, maybe further. But I really believe that Sarah Palin launched all this shit. I believe the reason we're in the boat we're in today, I believe Donald Trump stole Sarah Palin's shtick. He's kind of like, I think like, you know, you had superstar Billy Graham, and then you had Hulk Hogan, then you had Scott Steiner. You know, I think Sarah Palin was kind of the superstar Billy Graham of the Hulk Hogan gimmick. You know, she was the one that, you know, brought it out. And she's one of the first people that really endorsed the conspiracy theory crowd and started quoting them. And she also just came right out with her racism, right out with her homophobia. Uh, I think she definitely was one that I think Donald Trump looked over and borrowed from. And I think he borrowed from Alex Jones and that conspiracy theory crowd. And he tapped into it. Uh and he took it overboard. Um, but we are dealing with people that are so conspiracy-minded that uh, it's just going to be a hard time pulling the reins back on all this. Um, I debated on whether to tell this, but uh, fuck it. I mean, you're, you guys are my listeners, and I love you, and I appreciate you being here. If you've hung in here 22 minutes, I mean, I might as well just go ahead and say it. <laughs> um, but I, I spoke earlier when I first started about how that my job at work had kind of got me down. To tell you the truth, folks, you know, I'm I'm literally... If there's anybody there that's on the same side as me politically, they're not talking. And so I hear over here a whole lot of conversations on a daily basis that um, that really starts to bring me down. And um, I'll, I'll go back a little bit further before I tell you what I'm going to tell you tonight, but uh, I'll go back just a tad further. Oh, man, uh, in the year 2020, I was working at a place, small warehouse, uh, doing work there. And a lot of the people there were my friends. Um, but that was one of the most hardest, hardest years of my life because, you know, 2020 was a rough year anyway. The pandemic hit, uh, we had all the, uh, the protests and all the, the things that got out of hand and man, uh, you know, hearing friends come out and say certain things really depressed me, uh, standing around, just listening to people talk their rhetoric all day long was pretty damn depressing. Um, and it's one of the things that definitely inspired me to just go ahead and become Tennessee Brando, if I'm telling the truth. But recently, I was working alongside a girl, and boy, I made a mistake. Have you ever made a mistake of opening up a conversation, and the minute you did, you realized you just stepped in a big steaming pile of dog shit on a hot summer day? That's kind of what it was like. 
I don't know if you've ever done this, but if you've ever been out in your yard on a big hot summer day, you know, it's hot, it's kind of, you know, real humid out, and you step in that big, thick, yellow, I mean, that big, thick, yellow dog shit, you know, just the worst kind, and when you get it on your shoe, you can't get it out, and you go over, and you, you hold your shoe, you take your shoe off, and put it under a spigot, and you try to wash it off, and it won't come off, and then the next thing you know, you're over getting like a stick, trying to jab down in your cleats, and scrape it out, and it won't come off, and once you get it completely clean, it still stinks. You smell it for days. You, you get in your car and you go, damn, I still smell that. I thought I cleaned my shoes. That's what happened to me. I just stepped in it. I just walked right into it like an idiot. Uh, music was played in the background, and I heard the song Wind of Change by the Scorpions. For those of you that don't know, there is a kick-ass podcast on that song called Wind of Change, and it's a conspiracy theory. <laughs> And you know where this is headed. It's a conspiracy theory about how that the CIA possibly wrote the song Wind of Change. Uh, it's such an absurd idea. Uh, but once you get to listen to it, it actually, you know, some of it starts to make sense to you. And it's so laughable and so absurd that it's entertaining. Now, in all fairness, the creators of this podcast ends it by saying, folks, we can't prove that they did it or not. It's just an idea. It's just a fun thought to have. Now, Listening to a podcast like that about a conspiracy theory like that ain't going to hurt nobody. It's not going to cause nobody to go try to overthrow nothing or, or hurt anybody. But, um, yeah, um, that was my that, that was me listening to a conspiracy theory. So when I heard that song come on, I said to one of my coworkers, I said, oh, man, I listened to a really good podcast about this. There's a conspiracy theory. And the minute I said it, I realized I stepped in. I was like, oh, you shouldn't have said that. You shouldn't have went there. So I tell her what it is. And she said, oh, I'm a big-time conspiracy theorist. I believe in all of them. And I was like, well, I was like, you know, I'm trying to be nice. And I'm trying not to talk about it. Because so far, nobody where I work knows I'm Tennessee Brando. And, and it's, you know, it, it, that, that cat's really not out of the bag. And I don't want to argue with people on a daily basis. So I said, well, I said, you know, I don't believe in all of them. I said, now, there's some that still holds a little water to me. I said, I'm always going to wonder who was on the grassy knoll, you know. I'll always question how, you know, two planes managed to knock down three buildings. I'll, I'll question stuff like that a little bit, but, you know, I don't think that Michelle Obama's a man. And she was, well, I don't really believe in that one. She said, but I definitely believe in the ones about the vaccine. And I was like, oh, no. I was thinking, oh, no, fuck. I just, I literally buried two family members, literally. Uh, at this, She's about to go off and tell me this shit. And I just went, oh, yeah, because now I realize I'm in that pile of dog shit and it's not coming off my shoe no time soon. And she said, yeah. She said, I refuse to get the vaccine. I'll never get it. And I said, yeah, well, okay. And she said, uh, she said, you know how that got over here? She said, they sent it over here, she said, from that lab, and they, they put it on the cotton swabs that they was putting up people's nose. She said, if you've ever been tested for it, right there's where they gave it to you. And I said, uh, well, why would they do that? Well, see, they, they was trying to get Trump out of office. They was trying to put Biden in power. Whew. So, folks, that's one of the reasons why, that you know, sometimes I just say, hey, guys, I decided to sit outside tonight on this really nice night and have a beer and a cigar and talk to you folks because that's the kind of shit that I hear. But that's the kind of people that we're dealing with. And it's just getting worse. Um. I do have a few more things I wanted to talk about. And, and a lot of these things I've touched on on the podcast before, but like I said, there's just so much going on in the world today. There's not a slow news day, so we got plenty of stuff to talk about. 
So I have to give a shout out to Tom Powell Jr. Uh, Tom Powell Jr. is one of my favorite uh, creators on TikTok, and he's also on, uh, I think he's on all the platforms, pretty much YouTube, and uh, I don't think he's on Twitter, but I think he's on YouTube, and I'm, he has his own podcast, uh, the second secondhand podcast, I think it's called. I hope I got that right, Tom, if, you're, if, if by some chance you're listening to this, I'm doing a shitty job promoting you. Second half, maybe. Anyway. Just look up Tom Powell Jr. and you'll find it. Uh, Tom made an excellent point, and I have got to talk about it. When he said this, I thought, damn, that's such a good point. i got to get it on my platforms, and we got to talk about it too. But he said, you know, for those out there that wants to say that uh, the Democrats are the party that started slavery, and the Democrats are the party of the KKK, he said, if you really believe that, then why are you in favor of these statues of Democratic slave owners? And I thought, damn, Tom, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> I've definitely thought of a whole lot of the rebuttals. I've thought about the fact when they said that the Confederacy is their heritage, I've often said, well, my bandana is older than the Confederacy. I've pointed out how that it's not our heritage at all, that it's uh, simply a stain upon our heritage. But when he put it like that, I thought, damn, because if you believe that, that the Democrats are the party of slavery, the Democrats are the party of racism and hatred, then why do you want to wave the rebel flag? Why, why do you want to wave the Confederate flag if it's, if it's the Democrats' flag? And why do you want Democratic slave owners uh, glorified? I know no one would want uh, a statue of, you know, Barack Obama or Joe Biden or Hillary Clinton. I'm sure if a, if a Hillary Clinton statue went up somewhere, there would be protesters. So why do you want one of, if, if, that's, your, if that's your basis? And you got to understand, folks, a lot of times when I say this stuff, I'm simply just trying to flip the script on these people. Um, I had a person earlier say something to me, and I do want to address this. A person said, well, for integrity purposes, you should include links to your sources. Folks, I totally get that. I, I do. Uh, the reason I didn't do it on the, on the Twitter video that the commenter left that comment on is because I've literally got like two and a half minutes to make a video. And so I say, hey, I read an article here, whatever. Uh, but I'm not always the best at going into all those specific details. Uh, there are people out there uh, like Boston Smalls, for example. Man, that guy really breaks shit down good and um, and has all the stats and numbers. I don't always have those. And so there's times when I say things like that uh, that I don't always uh, cite my sources. And I, I'm going to work on that and try to get better at it. But like I said, a lot of times you're just working with a with – a, uh, you're working with a, a small amount of time to be able to talk. Here we can talk longer, so I don't really have an excuse. But uh, – no, getting back to what I was saying about you know these uh, the, the the Confederacy and the, and the talking points these people have, um, basically it's just them trying to defend their bigotry. You know, it really is. It's just it's just them trying to defend their bigotry, and they don't even realize a lot of times what they say. They don't realize how they get caught up, and they don't realize how they tangle their own self up in a web, and they can't get out of it. But what I started to say a lot of times when I say these things, like. You know, when I point out that they get themselves tripped up, is what I'm trying to say. I'm, I'm completely getting lost now because my mind wandered, and I'm sorry for that. <laughs> Again, amateur podcast. That's how we dig ourselves out of this hole. Um, but no, you know, there, there's a lot of uh, a lot of times when they're when they're trying to make you know they're trying to make their point. They don't realize how often they get tripped up in it, and that's what I'm really trying to point out. I'm not necessarily the best with stats and numbers. 
Uh, I'm not always the best with all the dates and times and all the things that happened. I can point to certain things and say, hey, remember when that happened? I can't necessarily tell you the date that it happened. I'm not that fast on my feet. Um, but I feel like what my uh, what I offer uh, in my mind is I just try to offer a perspective. I'm trying to talk to the people out there who are somewhat on the fence, somewhat still learning. Uh, made a video about this. I talked about a friend of mine who reached out to me. We hit it off really good because we like a lot of the same kind of music. We've talked about music back and forth and sent each other videos of playing guitar, showing each other guitar licks and shit. G turning out to be a really good friend. Um, and uh, he talked to me one day. We were talking. He said, man, you'll never believe this. He said, back in 2016, I voted for Donald Trump. I was like, holy shit, are you serious? He said, well, yeah, hear me out, though. I'll tell you why I did. I said, okay, go ahead. He said, well, man, he said, that was the first election I was old enough to vote in. And he said, I, he said, I grew up, and the only thing I knew was that Republicans was good and Democrats were bad. I didn't know nothing else. He said, I couldn't tell you the difference between the two parties. I just knew that if someone was a Democrat, they were bad. Or if they were a liberal, liberal was a bad word. He said, that's all I knew. So he said, uh, I went to the polls, and I thought, well, I got to vote for Donald Trump because Hillary Clinton's a Democrat, and she must be bad. He said, when I was growing up, he said, I used to hear people always accuse Barack Obama of uh, causing the gas prices to go up. Or, you know, if people got laid off at the coal mines, they'd blame Obama. He said, so Trump gets in. He said, I voted for him, helped him get in there. He said, then gas goes up. People got laid off at the mines, stuff like that. Same stuff started happening. And when it did, he said, I made the comment that, well, didn't do us no good to vote for Trump. He's just like the rest of them. He fucked us too. He said, immediately... Trump supporters was in his comment section saying, oh, no, you can't blame the president for something like that. The president don't control the gas prices. And the coals always kind of came in. You can't blame the president for that. He said he began to see through a lot of the hypocrisy. And as he began to see through a lot of the hypocrisy, he met uh, a teacher who was very progressive, very liberal, and she began tell, telling him things. And, uh, you know, then he started listening to people like me talking on TikTok and stuff, you know. And he began seeing another side of things and going, hey, wait, there's another way of... Son of a bitch. Might be getting stung here, folks. It might not have been the best idea to be outside. I just got attacked by something. What the hell? It's gone. That's, that's like a huge... I don't know if that's a moth or a June bug or what the hell that is, but it knocked the hell out of me. You might hear it in the background. These hills are talking. <laughs> but anyway, no June bugs will be harmed in the making of this either. But anyway, back to my story. So basically what my friend was telling me was that, you know, he just had grew up being taught Democrats were bad. He had never heard another angle of thought. Um, and that's the people that I feel I'm trying to talk to. So a lot of times when I'm talking, I'll say things like, well, did you ever stop to think this? Did you ever stop to think that my bandana's older than the Confederacy? Um, I'm not necessarily a, uh, you know, the quickest on my feet with numbers and stats is what I'm trying to say. I, but that that's why that I do give shout-outs to creators like Tom Powell. Shout-outs to creators like Texas Paul. Shout-out to people like Care Bear, uh, Cricket, um, Hawk. So many great creators. Uh, the uh, Hillbilly Ex-Angelical that I had on the show once. Uh, if you ain't listened to that episode, go back and find it. Uh, got to talk to Rochelle. I need to get her back on here. That was a great conversation. But I just feel like that that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to talk to the people like my friend who reached out and said, hey, you know, I hadn't thought about it that way before. And a lot of times you kind of have to, you have to put it to people in a way because I don't think that no one ever wins an argument right there on the spot. 
I have had my way of thinking change over time, but no one, if I was on the defensive, I wasn't necessarily going to, uh, to go, oh, you got me. But I've had people in the past make comments to me, and I would go off and think about it and go, damn, you know, you've got a point. And I would come around to their way of thinking. So that's what we're doing here with this podcast. That's what I'm doing on the videos I'm making, the songs I'm writing. You know, I play a, an outlaw country, you know, sometimes I hate the term Southern rock, but sometimes a more of a Southern rock, outlaw country, punk rock way of playing. And that, that style uh, resonates with, with hillbillies and rednecks that are used to hearing big green tractor and, you know, cruising on a dirt road. Well, then they all of a sudden hear something else and they go, holy shit, there's another train of thought. There's another way of thinking. And there's people on the fence sitting there that we can reach out and get. And that's who we're trying to talk to in my mind. Uh, we're trying to talk to people that are, that are starting to see through it, starting to come around. And my uncle Brad, I've given him a shout out before on the podcast, but I need to do a whole episode on him. I really do. That may be my next episode. He deserves one. My uncle Brad was such an influence on me, and it's hard to talk about him. It really is. But he was such an influence on me. And had he, if he was still alive today and in his right mind, Brad got dementia in the last couple of years of his life and went downhill pretty fast. But if Brad could have been in good health and a little bit younger, uh, and could have had a TikTok channel and a YouTube channel and had a podcast, I promise you, you wouldn't be listening to Tennessee Brando because he was absolutely a masterful, just a fucking masterful debater. He was masterful at pointing out stuff, but he was the complete total package. He, he, he would flip the script on you and show you other ways of seeing it, but he had his stats and his numbers and his facts down to a science and he had his sources to cite and he was always on point. And he was a huge influence growing up. Um, so, yeah, we'll definitely have to do an Uncle Brad episode because he definitely deserves it. I, a lot of times when you hear me talking and going off, I, I, I'm using him, except I'm not exactly uh, – I'm way more laid back than he was. He was a pit bull. He was in your face. He was unapologetically liberal. He was unapologetically progressive. He didn't give a fuck who he offended. <laughs> he went for it, man. Uh, he, he he would do it. I mean, you'd be standing at a gas pump and uh, – Somebody, oh, Obama raised the gas prices, and he would just go off on a tirade. And I'd be like, oh, shit. <laughs> and the person would, like, get back in the truck and go on. Like, what the hell? What the hell did I just awaken? But, um, you know, my Uncle Brad was always good at at, 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 at saying things. And I, I, I do want to do an episode all about him. But, um, you know, I, um, I remember when Lamar Alexander, and I'll talk about this when we do that episode, but when Lamar Alexander um, walked across Tennessee in the flannel shirt, I was like, well, hey, he's one of us. You know, he's, he's one of us. He's like, well, not really. He said, do you realize that he just wore that, that, that flannel shirt was a stage prop? And I was like, no. And he's like, yeah, you don't, you don't, he ain't done shit for you. And then he shows me his voting record and I go, holy shit. He's not done shit for me. <laughs> so, so anyway, folks, that's who we're trying to talk to. But, um, I'll definitely have to do a whole episode about him because he was one of my biggest influences and, in, uh, Lost him too soon. I think he was, let's see, how old would he have been? Uh, trying to think. He would have turned 70 in 2024. So he died in 2020. He was about 66 when he went. Died of a widow maker, like real fast, which was, which was good for him. I'm glad, I'm, 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 with him being the type of deep thinker that he was, I know getting dementia and going downhill like he did so fast, uh, I'm sure 
for someone like that to have had to really endured a lot of suffering, which he did. He had a whole lot of health issues, but I'm just glad that when it come right down to it, he just went out of here in a real quick fashion uh, for his sake. But, um, you know, it's those type of people that we bump into in our life that makes us see things a different way and, and makes us look into things and make us, makes us realize when we're being talked down to. And uh, I think that's something that he taught me. My mom taught me that too, to know when someone's talking down to you. And I, I, I'm, I am so on guard, folks. I'll be honest with you. I'm so on guard to that that there's times people might not have been talking down to me, but I was so on guard that I almost went on the attack before I heard them out. I'm guilty of that too. But we just got to keep, we got to keep fighting the good fight, folks. There's so many issues out there and there's nothing wrong with having, you know, empathy. There's nothing wrong with having compassion. There's nothing wrong with seeing other people's plight in life and trying to understand it. And just because you look over at people of a different, you know, race or a different, background or different sexual orientation, whatever, if you look over at them and you learn about what they're going through, it doesn't diminish, you know, the bad shit you went through in your life. If you recognize racism and homophobia and anti, anti-Semites and things like that, if you, if you recognize hatred, it doesn't mean that you're, you know, diminishing anything you've ever went through. All of us, regardless of our color or creed or race or religion, we've all faced struggles in this world and we still are. We're facing them right now. But if we don't look over and have, you know, some empathy for other people, we're just going to be shit out of luck, you know. And there's so much in this world right now going on. We'll talk a little bit about this, then I'll wrap it up. But one thing that the MAGA Republicans have mastered, and Donald Trump, I mean, I'll give him credit for this, he's mastered the straw man argument. The style of politics that MAGA does, they, they're, they're so good at taking a whole lot of untruths and a whole lot of accusations, and they put those on the straw man. They build it up. They say, this is what they are. This is what they are. And then they tear that down. Uh, you see that a lot right now. They use the word woke. Uh, Ron DeSantis uses the word woke five, I mean, every few breaths. He said, woke, woke, woke. And they'll look over here, and they'll find some extreme case of wokeism way over here. And they'll find it. And they'll find one little grain of truth they can grab, and they'll pull it over here, and they'll say, did you see that? This woke mob is trying to take down Abraham Lincoln. Well, then when you look into it, you realize that there really wasn't much truth in what they were even saying. But they said it in a way that, that turned people off to the idea of being woke. I myself, for a long time, hated that word, and I'm still not too fond of it. But for the longest time, I even hated it because of the way it was presented to me, you know? The great comedian Bill Hicks one time did a skit. Please, I hope my lighter don't fail me now. Son of a bitch. Well, you got to get some more probe, some more fluid. Ah, hell. Anyway, <laughs> amateur podcast. Uh, the great Bill Hicks one time made a great point. I actually made a whole bunch of them, and he's another huge influence. But uh, Bill said the way they go about doing these polls is they get the answer they want by the way they ask the poll. He said, they'll say something like, do you believe that we should stop Saddam Hussein from coming to this country and raping your daughters? You know, and then automatically people say, well, we got to stop that maniac. And that's pretty much what they do. They build up this straw man of us. Did you hear what this woke mob's trying to do now? Yeah, I got the cigar rolling again. Shout out to Valencia. But that's what they do. A good buddy of mine one time was going down the road together. I'll never forget this. 
And he was like, man, I'll tell you one thing I'm sick and tired of is these atheist billboards. Now, bear in mind, we're in East Tennessee and Southeast Kentucky. And I was like, uh, I was like, dude, where's an atheist billboard? He said, they're everywhere. I said, where? Oh, man, they're all over the place. I was like, dude, I was like, in Barberville, Kentucky? There's an atheist billboard in Barberville? Oh, yeah, they're everywhere. I said, I said, take me to it. I want to see it. He said, well, I, you know, I don't know where. I said, well, well, no, really, where's one at? He said, well, they're everywhere. I said, how do you know that? He said, well, Bill O'Reilly was saying. I was like, oh, fuck. Okay. So it turns out there was some billboard in Manhattan that, that had a quote from, like, Richard Dawkins or some shit or Christopher Hitchens, and now atheist billboards are just sweeping the nation. You know, war on Christmas. All this stupid bullshit. They get people worked up. I, I mean, I almost fell for that one. I'll be honest with you. I almost fell for the whole Happy Holidays, Merry Christmas one. Man, they don't want to say Merry Christmas anymore. I was like, what? Why? Then you find out that it wasn't that a bunch of people said, you know, fuck Merry Christmas. They were basically just saying, hey, let's just be a little bit more inclusive and include everybody. It's, it's a way, if you can demonize the word woke enough, if you can demonize the phrase of Black Lives Matter enough, then when people tries to raise awareness on the issues, you can push it to the side. And that's what they're trying to do. And that's why people like us have to keep speaking up, have to keep talking, have to keep pushing forward, folks. Because if we don't, we're going we're gonna to lose a lot of the momentum that we have on these issues. But it is a nice night out here. And you definitely got to hear a different side. You got to hear all the the sound effects, and you got to hear me attack. But what I swear, it looked like a June bug to me, which I don't know if they're out yet. But it, it definitely, something slapped me up the side of the shoulder. But we're back in the saddle. And so uh, I'm finishing off this Valencia cigar. But uh, I really appreciate you guys tuning in. I will keep you updated on the album as we make the progress. Going over to my Patreon if you want to hear these songs early. Five bucks a month, folks. I don't have a bunch of tears the way Patreon works with a lot of people, they'll have a $5 tier for this much you get. For the, you know, for 5 bucks you get this. For 10 bucks you get that. For 20 bucks you get that. But I don't really put out enough variety of content to justify asking you to give me 20 bucks a month. Although there may be somebody out there that would love to, and if you do, let me know. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, I just felt like 5 bucks a month, you know, you're going to get uh, content, uh, that you don't get anywhere else. You're going to get to go behind the scenes on things. Tomorrow, I'll be in the studio recording. I'm sure I'll upload videos to Patreon, and you'll get to see that. So for 5 bucks a month, you can see stuff like that. You can hear outtakes of this podcast when I get done and go, oh, shit, I meant to say that. That goes on there. And uh, let me know what ideas you have because, you know, we had Lisa request the numbers episode, and I delivered on that. And I had, uh, I've, I've had a few more. I've, I've actually got a few things sitting in my inbox right now that I need to take a look at that, that, that listeners have said, hey, we'd love to hear you talk about this. So if you're one of those people, I will definitely get to those. Uh, I like having this conversation with you guys. I like talking about issues and, and, and bringing awareness, and I like being made aware of things. And if I say something wrong, I, I want someone to point it out. And if you're, and if you're not trolling me, if you're, if you're offering constructive criticism... You know, like the person that was like, hey, you know, maybe you should do a better job citing your sources. I got no problem with you saying that. Not a bit. And I, I explained why that I didn't go into as much detail because I had a two-minute video that I was trying to make. But, um, you know, we'll just keep fighting the good fight and pushing this thing forward, and we're going to have plenty to talk about. 
Uh, definitely will get on it uh, here in the next couple of days. I've got a five-day weekend, so I'm going to try to make as much content and do as much as I can. I don't have a whole lot of plans, you know. I just decided to take some time off and and just get creative, you know. I really wanted to pump this album out and get it done. We're up to 15 songs, um, and I'm re- I'm just I'm just so excited about where it's going. Uh, really, uh, shout out to my bandmates Brian Stansbury on the drums. Brian is such a creative beast, man, and he's just such a good friend. John Baker is like my mentor. He plays uh, bass and guitar on the album. Greg Comer plays guitar and drums on some songs. So uh, I'm just surrounded by a good group of musicians, a good group of people, and I'm very excited to see where it all goes. So uh, this cigar is really good. The night's still young. I'm probably going to get off here and maybe mix me a gin and juice and listen to some music and wind down. And I hope you guys had a good time along on this ride of of this episode. Now here comes, I told you to hear a truck come up the road. Here comes one. We'll see how close he gets. I can't believe I've not got flipped off yet. I don't think they fully realize who I am either that, or they're just like, Oh yeah, it's that one dude. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, if anybody out there knows before we can play this music, be sure to reach out to me because, uh, we're definitely not having the easiest time booking gigs. And I actually have had places that was starting to book me say, well, we, we checked out your Facebook page and we don't think it'd be a good idea. Okay, whatever. I'm not going to stop, you know. The issues at hand is more important. I want to get out there and play music as much as I can, but the issues at hand is what's important, and we'll find ways to make it. I've even thought about maybe doing like an online concert with the band, if we could find a way to do that. Uh, We're kind of investigating what it would take to pull something like that off, maybe a live from the studio kind of thing. I'm sure it can be done. I've saw other people do it, but I'm not the most technical savvy person. Again, I'm sitting there talking into my cell phone next to my grill out in my yard. So I appreciate you guys so much for coming along for this ride. Uh, I don't, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I, I don't know why I don't ask. It's nothing again. If you use the word journey, I don't think no different of you. I just, I don't like the band journey. I don't like the word journey. It's just a word I don't care for. I like the ride. I buy the ticket and take the ride. I'm Hunter Thompson. So I appreciate you guys for buying the ticket and taking this crazy ride with Brando. I really appreciate it. And I've, I've really, you know, it's just meant a lot to me to be on this ride with you. Um, we'll, uh, we'll have more episodes coming at you over the next couple of days and just keep, keep pushing the ball forward. Um, and like I said, always let me know what you want to hear and we'll, we'll cover it. So folks, um, Stay t- stay in tune. Go check out the link trees in the bios and find me on all the social media platforms. And, uh, you know, get in there if you want to and wallow some with the trolls. But always remember, you know, if you wallow in the mud with a pig, sometimes you're going to get dirty, but it's going to love it. So you got to remember that. Don't get too deep in the weeds with people who thinks that the vaccine was stuck up their nose by some nurse in Tazewell. But uh, Lord God. Yeah, on that note, folks, I'm going to take another swig of this beer and mix me a drink, and I hope you guys have a really good weekend. I'm going to have a good five-day weekend and just sit back and relax, and uh, I hope you guys can do the same wherever you're at. So we'll see you down the road, and thanks for listening. Until the next time, I'm Tennessee Brando. This has been If These Hills Could Talk. I love you guys, and I'll see you again next time.